So this morning for our scripture reading, I'm going to ask Molly McLean to come forward. She has agreed to uh, read our scripture for us. So I'm really thankful for her. She's a little nervous, but we all know she's going to do a great job. So thanks, Molly. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for using your gifts to bless all of us today. So we are coming to the end of a series on vision. So over the last five weeks, we have talked about our vision and our mission plan. Uh, we've watched a skit with the catchphrase, can you see it? And our series ends today by looking at who God desires us to be as the complete body of Christ. Now, you may have looked up here this morning and thought this was an episode of Home Improvement, uh, where we're asking you to check out the latest Binford tools. Uh, but actually, it's even better than that, because uh, we have Isaac Halsell and J.D. Bazine, and uh, they're going to come up. Maybe J.D.'s going to come up. Okay, maybe not. All right. Well, Isaac's going to come up this morning, and he's going to help us out here with some of our, uh, our power tools. So, Isaac, I'm wondering if you can tell me what some of these tools are and what some of them do. Well, first of all, that's the sand, and you use the sand stuff. Nice, nice. Great explanation. Good. What else we got here? We have the leaf blower. Okay, leaf blower. Where's the leaf blower? All right, nice, nice. What else we have up here this morning? Well, we got the impact that you could use to take bolts and lug nuts off of a semi-truck tire or off of whatever, really. Okay, sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, have you done that? Well, I have a smaller one. But yeah, uh, yeah, so you've used such a thing. Okay, what else we have here? We got the weed whacker. Okay, got a weed whacker right here. Nice, nice. And then you got the circular saw on the bottom. Okay, circular saw down here. What else do we have? And we got the jigsaw. Jigsaw. And then the sawzaw, the vacuum, and the flashlight. All right, show, can you show me how one of these works? All right, going with the flashlight. All right, nice, nice. We've got a bright light here. All right. So uh, so how, do, how does that flashlight work there? I mean, it's not plugged into any electricity. Oh, no, it's powered by a battery. Okay. And then you could use it. You could put it in anything out, up here. So I could use that same battery in any of these things. Yeah. So it work, all of these work with that. So how useful are any of these tools without that battery? You can't really do anything with them. Okay. Not real helpful without a battery. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
So do you ever go into like McBain hardware and like drool over any of these tools? Like if Jamie and Holly said, you know, let's just get Isaac this set for Christmas. How would you feel about that? I'd be pretty stoked. Probably won't do that. (laughs) I have a few kids like that too. I think they would be pretty stoked about that. Well, thank you for coming up this morning and helping me with tools that I don't understand myself, but I know you're really good at all of this. So thanks for using your gifts today to bless all of us. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are this morning, right, with all of these beautiful, high-quality tools. And like Isaac said, they run on one battery, right? And without this one battery... um, All of these tools here, they're pretty useless. Um, It's not real helpful to have a light um, that doesn't shine, right? Or a weed whipper that won't cut your grass. And we could say that all of this potential energy power is completely wasted without a battery, just a simple source of power. And this morning we're going to be talking about how we're much the same way. When we refuse to connect with the source of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're about um, as useful as one of these pieces of equipment without a battery. Now, our passage this morning, um, as Molly read it, it seems to emphasize one word. We sang about that word in there is power in the blood, right? Um, And that word in the Greek is actually dunamis. That is the word that you would use for power. So we see that word being used over and over in this passage. It's actually used four times, but we only see it here uh, in English three times. So it starts in verse 16, and it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. And then we see it again in verses 17 and 18. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and how wide and deep and long is the love of Christ. And then in verse 20, again, we see it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that it is work within us, right? To him be the glory in the church And in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So Paul here is obviously interested in power, being able to do something. And this little chapter from Ephesians, it's the perfect chapter to help us see all that God desires to do in his power with the body in the church. Actually, uh, the title for chapter 3 here in the, in the new NIV is actually God's Marvelous Plan for the Gentiles, which includes all of us, right? And many times when Paul wrote a letter, uh, it was meant to counteract a heresy or confront a specific problem. But Ephesians is this letter of encouragement for believers to function as the living body of Christ, And earlier in this letter, in chapter 2, Paul reminds the Ephesians of where they've been. He says, you know, you were once a people who were dead in your sins. And the memories of their past is the fuel for the gratitude that they have for all that Christ has done on their behalf. In chapter 4, he reminds them of the need to work in unity as people with various gifts. And then he ends the chapter with all these, these warnings for them. And he says, you know... 
Stay away from unwholesome language, bitterness, improper use of anger, malice, attitudes. And part of me thinks that Paul knew how much the early church was going to need these words of encouragement. You know, like that little skit with Jason and Kendrick a few weeks ago. Paul knew all of the things that were going to weigh down the early Christians as well as us today. And he wants to remind us and them that there is a marvelous power given to us. And he's asking them and he's asking us, can you see it? Can you see the power? What's puzzling, though, is that I think it's really difficult for us to realize this power. It seems that it's much easier to see the problems around us rather than the power given to us in Christ. Which is why we owe a lot of gratitude to our vision team. You know, as they started this vision process, they they took a look at where we are as a church today. And they asked themselves, what do we see when we look at Rehoboth in the areas of discipleship and leadership and fellowship, missions and worship? And then they took our church from its current reality and they said, well, who is it that God desires us to be? Notice they didn't say, who do we want to be? They said, who is it that God wants us to be? And then the next step became, okay, well, how do we draw a map now? How do we get ourselves from point A, our current reality, to who it is that God desires us to be? And that's the document that you have available to you today. A map that says, we realize we aren't fully living into all that God has called us to be as the body of Christ. We know we have some shortcomings and we have some flaws. Now, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to read through our vision and mission plan, but if you have, um, you may have come to the conclusion that there is a marvelous work that we hope that God will do here among us and through us. From deep investments in our kids and our youth, to spirit-filled leaders, to vibrant small group ministries, from short-term mission experiences to joy-filled worship, we expect God to work here in a mighty way. You know, when God made us in his image and in his likeness, he gave us a part of his personality so that each of us has within us power. And then when we all come together in this room this morning, think about this. There is a marvelous amount of power available in this room, not because of any work of our own, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Each of us has power potential within us. And we have to discover how the Holy Spirit has gifted us. Much like each of these power tools over here, right? Like Isaac said, each one has a specific purpose as a tool when it gets hooked up to power. So we must discover how is it that God wants to use each of us with our own gifts and skills and experiences and abilities to his honor and to his glory. So what does that exactly look like anyway? Well, I'll share a little story with you. Uh, Our family took a a little fishing trip over Labor Day Day weekend, and we went to a a town called Detour, Michigan. It's on the eastern tip of the UP. Um, It's where the ferry docks at the mainland to take people over to Drummond Island. And our little weekend trip showed me just what a little town can do when power is used to its fullest potential. We arrived on Thursday night to our little resort only to find uh, that there's no place to check in. 
So we find this couple staying in a camper there, and so we knocked on their door, and they said to us, oh yeah, we noticed you driving and walking around. You look a little lost. The owner of this place, he kind of has this pretty relaxed approach to running it. So if you know your cabin number, you, you just go find your cabin. Like nothing's locked around here, so welcome to the UP. So within 12 hours of our arrival, we had been given fishing tips by George. Uh, Gary, my husband, had met Bobby, the superintendent of the school. Uh, he had some chew in the corner of his mouth, and he gave Gary a tour of the school and gave him all the lowdown on the happenings there. And soon the joke of the weekend became, well, according to Bobby, that bus over there on Drummond Island is there because they're practicing the timing for the bus routes for next week when school starts. Or, according to Roger, the best place for walleye fishing is right here in front of our cabin. It seems that there was, there was something wrong with this little town. Like, they somehow missed the memo that you don't share your good tips and hints on fishing spots. And after just a few hours in this town, I was pretty sure that they would even share their morel mushroom hunting places if, with, with us, like, probably without even asking. And I started to think, like, what is wrong with these people? Like, they are so kind to us. It seems like no one had ever told them to despise people from the other side of the bridge, right? Fishermen at the dock shared their secrets and their tips on bait and tackle. From Seth at the gas station telling us where the secret fish cleaning station was to Mike, the DNR officer, just wanting to see our fish and tell us how amazing it was that we had caught a 23-inch walleye and not even the charter boat was going to have something ni that nice on board today. He never checked our fishing licenses or our boating registrations, which would have gotten us in trouble. <laughs> and it was kind of like, what's wrong with the DNR up here? So we became a powerful little force out on the water that weekend. Boy, did we slay fish. But we couldn't take any credit for that. You see, it was all because the experts were willing to share their expertise with some rookies from out of town. What a powerful little gift they gave to us and to our kids that weekend. Uh, we had grins that went from ear to ear because we had been given the opportunity to enjoy the splendor of God's creation in a little podunk town in the UP with some people who just weren't quite right. And the beauty of this little town was that they wanted to see others be successful. They want the best for those who come to visit them. This is a town that lives out a mission and vision of loving conversation and giving hospitality. They recognize where their gifts lie and they use them to their fullest potential. There's no glamor or glitz in Detour, Michigan. No shopping malls, no box stores. They simply allow others to come here to escape the hecticness of life and find simplicity and peace. And, you know, we all have that same power available to us, right? Like, we just need to figure out, where is it that my gifts lie? For some of us, it's music. You used it up here this morning. For others, it's art or teaching. Or maybe it's administration for you or nursing. Whatever it is, right? Each of us has that power potential within us, and we have to discover it, where it is that that power is trying to get out. And once we, need, once we figure out our gifts, 
Well, then we need to channel those gifts, right? So our first night in Detour, we showed up just before dark, and we saw these huge cargo ships across the water. So Roger said that those ships are waiting for a pilot to take them up the channel to Sault Ste. Marie. So in all of our cabins, there was these huge maps of the water passages and all of the islands in the area. And these maps showed that there are places along the way that are only 28 feet deep. And some of those ships are 1,000 feet long. To navigate those huge ships, you need an expert to take you through the channel. Someone who has spent time in the waters and he knows the currents and the islands and where the channels lie. Now, I realize, I don't know if you can see this here, but on this map, you can see that Lime Island channel there. And you can see that the depth is only 29 feet. So it's a pretty narrow passage that you get taken through. So we would often see the pilot boat leaving the marina to transport a pilot out to one of those big ships. There wasn't a ship that would leave without one because they knew it could be fatal if they didn't have the right person on board to help them navigate their ship. Which is much like us, right? Like we need the Holy Spirit to navigate us on our journey. And much like these gifted pilots, we need to do the same with our gifts. We need to channel them well so they can be used effectively. We need to take our gifts and we need to discipline them so that not only are we knowledgeable about this or that, but we become an expert at it. We do it, whatever it is, as well as Beethoven wrote music, or as Michelangelo painted pictures, or Shakespeare created literature. We become good at it, excellent and expert. And the more excellent we become, the better channels of the power we become. And then not only do we need to discover and to develop, but finally we need to devote the power that is within us. But the way that power is used depends upon our decision. You alone have the choice to take the power, your power, after you've discovered it and developed it. And you can turn it back towards yourself. You can use it for you. Or you can give it back to the one who gave it to you in the first place. And say, you know, these gifts, they're given me, to me, for your honor and for your glory. We have the ability to say, Lord, do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. According to your power that is at work within us. You know, spiritual gifts are kind of like a young at heart potluck. You know, everyone brings something different to the meal and it turns into this beautiful, savory banquet. Right, Jim? Yes, definitely. You know, all throughout the Bible, we see stories of people living by faith and God doing something amazing with those gifts. You know, if you want to read about a really good fishing story, then read John 6, verses 1 through 14. And see what Jesus did with a small boy and his five loaves of bread and two small fish. You know, over 5,000 people were fed with that small meal. Can you imagine the fishing story that little kid shared all over town the next day? If only he could have taken pictures of all the people his small catch fed. A mass number of people were fed because this little boy allowed himself to become the link between Jesus' power and the problem of hunger. 
I'm suggesting today that each of us is that little boy, right? It's exciting to think what will happen here when people devote themselves to God. Each of us might only have two little fish and five loaves of bread, but we, we give it to Jesus and then we say, you know what? Use this for your glory. And Jesus worked with that and he multiplied it and he fed thousands. Or maybe you're Molly or you're Isaac and the crazy pastor lady calls and says, will you use your gifts for Jesus? And you excitedly say, yes, I sure will. And God takes their gift and he uses it to bless all of us here this morning, right? Or maybe you just have a little slingshot like David, but you can bring down giants if you devote that slingshot to God. Or maybe you just have a little stick like Moses, but if you devote that stick to God, then you'll be able to open up the Red Seas. You'll be able to tap on rocks and water will come out because you connect with the power. And when you connect with God's power, then you not only have what you have, but you also have what God has too. And that, my friends, is part of God's marvelous plan, which we hope will move us closer from our current reality to all that God desires us to be as his church. Would you please pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for the ways that you take our meager offerings. Lord, tainted by our own sin and brokenness, and yet you use them for your honor and your glory when we are willing to humble ourselves and lay them before you. Lord, thank you for so many in this room who do that day in and day out. They do it at work. They do it at home. They do it with their kids, with their family, with loved ones around them. Lord, we pray that you would use us in a mighty way. and That we as a church would be all that you desire us to be. In your most holy name, amen.